Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Do you want to learn how to manage your own investments? Are you ready to stop paying investment management fees and start building wealth? The DIY Investing Podcast is dedicated to providing you with the knowledge, skills, and resources you need to be a better investor. Learn how to make investments through the use of fundamental analysis, mental models, and business management insights. Now, here's your host, value investing expert, Trey Henninger. Hello, and welcome to episode 34 of the DIY Investing Podcast. My name is Trey Henniger, and I'm your host. In today's episode, I want to talk about debt. Not personal financial debt, but instead corporate debt. Specifically, we'll be discussing my next first principle of investing. Companies with no debt are better than companies with debt. Before I get started, I want to make a short request. If you haven't already, please consider giving the podcast a rating and review. Your ratings and review help me to grow the podcast audience and help find more people. So just take a moment and leave a rating and review after listening to this podcast in your Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or whichever app you use to listen to this podcast. Thank you for your support. I really appreciate it. So companies with no debt are better than companies with debt. Now, why is that? To begin with, I want to discuss a mental model that I'm saying is potential versus kinetic energy. Now, this concept comes from physics. And in physics, you have two different types of energy. You have potential energy and kinetic energy. The basic explanation around these is that potential energy is the energy available in an object to perform work. Meanwhile, kinetic energy is a measure of the current energy an object possesses during its due to its motion. So to explain this, I want to give an example. I'm going to use this example to then relate back to investing so you can kind of understand where I'm coming from on this issue. So for my example, I want you to think about water, specifically water held in a lake behind a dam. That water has a lot of potential energy. And this energy can be used to produce electricity if you allow the water to flow down through the turbines at the bottom of the dam. When the water drops in distance, it releases its potential energy, turns it into kinetic energy, and that kinetic energy is harnessed by the turbines to produce electricity. Yet, once the water is released, the potential energy no longer exists. It's now been converted. And so... That energy has turned into something else. It's turned into kinetic energy, creates motion, creates electricity. But what you've done by doing this is you've given up any potential future gain for the benefit of the present. You've exchanged your potential for current usage. 
So how does this apply to companies and investing? Well, a company without debt is a lot like water held in a lake behind a dam. It has a lot of potential energy. When a company has no debt, there's the possibility of adding debt in the future in order to increase earnings and therefore your returns. However, if a company has a lot of debt already, it's like the water that has already flown past the dam and and is down in the river below. There's no longer any potential to quickly increase earnings by taking on additional debt. Instead, you have to do the opposite. You have to pay cash to reduce your debt load if you'd like to gain additional potential energy for the future. So in our water example, this would be analogous to pumping the water back uphill to put it behind the dam again. You have to expend energy and work in order to give that water its potential back. In the same way, in order to give companies their potential energy back, you have to eliminate the debt that they have, and that costs money. That costs money that has to be paid to pay down debt, has to be paid for interest payments, and that money cannot be paid in dividends or share buybacks to shareholders. So in other words, when you buy a company that already has a lot of debt, you're basically buying something that doesn't have as much potential as an otherwise equal company without debt would have. And I think that's a good way of really describing what I'm talking about in the whole. But I want to dive a little bit deeper and talk specifically about some other risks of debt. You see, debt increases risk in the company. It's not just about the loss of future potential. It's also introduced new risk that wouldn't exist if the debt wasn't there. So the first point is that companies without debt or liabilities cannot go bankrupt. And Bankruptcy is definitely something that you want to avoid in your investments because when a company that you own and you have equity in goes bankrupt, it can wipe out your investment. And when you're investing, the number one rule is to not lose money. And so you really want to avoid companies that either have a possibility of going bankrupt or a distinct possibility of going bankrupt. And large amounts of debt introduces this possibility where it otherwise wouldn't exist. So when you own companies with medium or high levels of debt, and this will vary by the company, you're taking on risk of permanent wipeout of your capital due to the bankruptcy. So while additional return is possible due to the leverage that the debt provides, your risk is inherently higher. So on this one point, it's worth considering that companies with debt are going to have a higher risk than a company without debt. You know, you're trying to look comparable companies. So the same company with debt is going to be riskier. You know, Kraft Heinz is a company that Berkshire Hathaway has invested in, Warren Buffett has invested in recently. And Kraft Heinz has a lot of debt, billions and billions of dollars of debt. Now, if you were to have the same company and that same company had no debt, if Kraft Heinz had no debt, it would be worth a lot more money than it is today. But not only would it be worth a lot less lot more money, it would be a lot less risky. And so that's one of the concerns is, again, we have have a company that's loaded up on debt and therefore it's introduced risk where it otherwise wouldn't exist. In addition to the risk of bankruptcy, debt also has the immediate consequence of creating an automatic forced future payment 
that must be used or must be made before you as an owner can receive your earnings. And so it's worth considering again the rule of how we judge and value companies. And when you look at this, you value companies based upon the net present value of all future cash flows. And those future cash flows have to be available to be paid to you in dividends. Well, when you take on debt, the cash flows are no longer available to be paid in dividends because now they have to be paid for interest payments. Now they have to be paid for principal payments on the debt. And so you have to worry about reducing your debt, paying interest, instead of worrying about how much money can I receive in dividends? How much money can I take out in share buybacks? And so not only has debt increased your risk, now debt is also reducing your return directly because it's taking cash away from the future. So what this means is that in the future, your earnings are now already claimed, or at least some portion of the earnings are already claimed, because debt holders get paid first. They get paid before owners. And as we seek to find stocks to invest in, companies to put our money in, we need to understand where we are in the priority order of the payouts. And debt is paid before equity. And when you're investing in equity, you need to be very aware of how many payouts are being made before you're able to make your claim. Because the equity claim is last in the hierarchy. And that's really worth considering. And so what that means, though, is that when you own companies that use debt in order to earn high returns, you're also allowing debt holders to have the first claim on all future cash flows in that company. And that's really something you need to be aware of and potentially concerned about because it's anything that can either reduce your returns or increase your risk is a negative. And so it's not to say that it's always a negative, but it does mean that all else equal, when you compare companies side by side, it is a negative. And that leads really nicely into, you know, for each of these um first principles that I'm discussing of investing, the investing first principles, we always want to understand the limitations to those first principles. What are the boundary conditions? What are the areas where we need to consider where the first principle either might not be true or might need to have a caveat? And so my section at the end is really to discuss what are the all else equal considerations? What are the caveats that you need to understand before you just blindly adopt this first principle? And I really think there's one key caveat that you need to understand when we're discussing companies with no debt compared to companies with debt. And that's that debt creates leverage. So leverage can be dangerous, but it can also provide benefits. And it's possible that the leveraging effects of debt can allow a company to increase its returns. And that's why I use the term all else equal, because what you need to do is you need to compare apples to apples. So let's do that. If a company is able to provide 10% returns with no debt, this is inherently better than a company that provides 10% returns while holding large amounts of debt because the debt-free company is lower risk. But where this investing first principle doesn't apply is if you're trying to compare a 10% returning debt-free company to a 20% returning high-debt company. That's not a fair comparison. And so what I'm really trying to focus on is where we look at 
side by side two companies or the same company, would you rather own that company when it has debt or would you rather own that company when it doesn't have debt? And that's not to say that using debt to enhance returns doesn't work. It can. It certainly can. But you need to understand the risk and you need to understand that you can't simply look at a price to earnings ratio or an earnings yield and think that those companies are the same. When you're looking at a company, you say, oh, you know, I can get high dividend and a high earnings yield. Let's say it's a 10% earnings yield on this company. That's really good. But if that's equated to the company has multiple years worth of earnings in debt, they're only getting that 10% PE ratio by including debt on the end. You know, if instead you have that 10% PE ratio, 10% earnings yield because there's no debt, that is a much more attractively valued company. That company is much cheaper, much more affordable, and it's something you really have to consider. It's why um, it's really good to learn about what's known as enterprise value and not just market cap. So market cap is if you add up, if you take all the shares that are outstanding for a company, you multiply it by the stock price, that gives you the market cap. So if a company has a billion shares and they're trading for $40 each, it's a $40 billion market cap company. But if that same $40 billion market cap company also has $20 billion in debt, then you have to add them together in order to get the enterprise value. And so the enterprise value would be actually $60 billion, not $40 billion. And what that means is that 33% of the value of the company is taken up in the in the debt. And is so basically the debt holders own a third of the company. Even though they don't have any of the equity, they own a third of the cash flows of that company, potentially more depending upon how the interest rates work out, how much free cash flow the company produces. But the debt is equivalent to a third of the enterprise value, which means the greater that percentage goes up, the more impactful the debt load has on the outcome for that company. You would much rather want to buy a company with, you know, let's say that we're talking about the same company. You would much rather own the company at $40 billion market cap and $40 billion enterprise value because it has no debt than have a company with $40 billion market cap and $60 billion in enterprise value because it has $20 billion in debt. The answer should be obvious because it's the one with debt is 50% more expensive. Now, on the surface, it might not appear so when you simply look at the reports that you get about earnings per share and those metrics, because those metrics like earnings per share don't fully capture the fact that there's debt involved in order to get those earnings per share. And what it means is that the earnings per share might be lower if the company had to fund part of its earnings with debt uh, or part of its per share would likely be lower. And so that's just really important to consider is that this debt can create leverage. It can cause you to have situations where you have potentially much higher returns. But now you've introduced the consequences of risk because of that. And so you, when you're looking at this first principle, and I say that I do believe that companies with no debt are certainly better than companies with debt, you need to understand that boundary condition, that it's it's comparing apples to apples. If you if you're using your discount rates correctly and you're able to get a 10% return, which is the discount rate I discuss, uh, 
using, and you can get that with buying companies that have no debt, that's going to be the better outcome for you because it means that you're much more likely to have your money not be lost. And that's really what you need to be focusing on first. So in summary, companies without debt are better investments than companies with debt, all else equal. You see, while debt can provide the benefits of leverage, you must never forget the risks. If debt-free companies offer returns that exceed your discount rate, you should always prefer them over debt-laden companies. So a reminder, we covered the mental model of potential versus kinetic energy. You should think about debt-free companies like water held in a lake behind a dam. They have a lot of potential, potential to easily increase earnings per share in the future if you switch from being a fully equity-based company to one that takes on some debt. But you have to think about debt-laden companies like water that's already been released from the dam and is flowing and no longer has additional potential energy. That debt is basically having taken earnings from the future and brought them forward to the present. So you should prefer the water that's held in a lake behind the dam. You should prefer companies without debt when you're given that opportunity. So thank you for listening to the show today. You can find the full show notes for this episode, including my outline for today's podcast at diyinvesting.org slash episode 34. And finally, this is a listener-supported podcast. If you gain value from today's content, please consider supporting the show financially as a patron. You can become a patron at diyinvesting.org slash patron. Your financial support is what allows me to continue creating this free investment content without any advertisements. If you cannot or you're not willing to provide any financial support, I would really appreciate your support in the form of a rating or review. That is very meaningful to me and would be very much appreciated as well. If you can just leave me a rating or review, I would definitely appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And until next time, stop paying fees, start building wealth. Thank you for listening to the DIY Investing Podcast. Please visit our website and subscribe to our email list at DIYinvesting.org for guides, videos, and resources to help make you a better investor. The DIY Investing Podcast is presented for general informational and entertainment purposes only. I have not considered your specific situation or risk profile, and I have not provided investment advice. The information presented on the DIY Investing Podcast should not be construed as investment advice. The views and opinions expressed on the DIY Investing Podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the show's host or sponsors. DIY Investing, its producers, sponsors, and host, Trey Henniger, shall not be liable for losses resulting from investment decisions based upon information or viewpoints presented on the DIY Investing Podcast.